welcome to Life Church this morning. My name is Matt. I'm one of the pastors here at the church, and uh, really excited this morning to be able to bring you a great word this morning from the book of First Peter. Um, we have been in the series uh, called Great Expectations, and if you haven't been with us, you're going to want to go back and check out some of these sermons. Um, we've been doing an expository uh, uh, teaching on the book of First Peter, and how many know that you could hear uh, my opinion, and that would be one thing, but what you really need to hear is the Word of God. At, at Life Church, we submit ourselves to the Word of God. And so what we've tried to do, what we have strived to do is be true and faithful to his word and then tell you and talk to you about how that applies to us today. And so this morning we're going to continue uh, in that series. And this morning my assignment is 1 Peter 4, 1 through 11. And what this is going to look like is we're going to read our big passage here that's kind of been the, the theme passage for the entire series. Then we're going to read a lot of scripture. We're going to read 1 Peter 4, 1 through 11. And uh, we're going to read that through, and then, uh, uh, and then we're going to pray. And then I'm going to have a few points for you today, and then we're going to go enjoy this beautiful day. Isn't it stunning out here? Yeah. Yeah. How blessed are we to be able to do church here? Yeah. Like, you do realize you can walk out that door and look to your left, and the ocean's right there, right? Yeah, for all of you online, you need to come and check this out, yeah. because it is beautiful here. Um, so anyways, let's, let's turn in our Bibles this morning to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, if you have your Bible with you this morning. And we're going to read our theme passage. I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation this morning. And then we're going to read the scriptures and we're going to pray. The title of my message this morning, if I were to have one, is Gripped by Hope. Gripped by Hope. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says... All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectations. Somebody say great expectations. All right, now we're going to read our, our text today, which is 1 Peter 4 verses 1 through 11. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And we need the word of God. So here we go. So then, since Christ suffered physical pain, you must arm yourselves with the same attitude that he had and be ready to suffer too. <laughs> for if you have suffered physically for Christ, you have finished with sin. You won't spend the rest of your lives chasing your own desires, but you will be anxious to do the will of God. And you will have had enough in the past of evil things that godless people enjoy their immorality and lust, their feasting and drunkenness and wild parties, and their terrible worship of idols. Of course, your former friends are surprised when you no longer plunge into the flood of wild and destructive things that they do, so they slander you. But remember that they will have to face God who will judge everyone, both the living and the dead. That is why the good news was preached to those who are now dead. So although they were destined to die like all people, they now live forever with God in the Spirit. The end of the world is coming. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. For love covers a multitude of sin. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. God has given each of you, God has given each of you, a gift from his variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. 
Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to the Lord Jesus uh, Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning, Lord God, that your word is powerful. That your word is living and active and sharper than a two-edged sword. And God, I submit myself to your word this morning, Lord God. I pray that you would help us to be faithful to your word. Lord, I pray that your word would go out and it would accomplish what it is set out to do and it will not return void. I pray that each one of our hearts would be open to your word this morning, Lord God, that we would hear it and God, we would receive it and we would live it, Lord. I pray, Lord Jesus, even as this word just said, Lord God, that you would speak through me this morning, Lord God. I get out of the way and I say, God, do whatever you want to do in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Well, the summer is flying by. Is it just me or does time just seem to speed up? Right? I mean, like you you think I've got all this time ahead of me and then it's just gone, just like that. And I've had a, a pretty good summer. I mean, it's been a busy summer, but one of my highlights so far has been getting to watch the Summer Olympics. Anybody else get to watch any of the Summer Olympic events? And there's been some great events that I've been able to watch. And, of course, the timing was a little bit off because it was in Tokyo. Um, but we got to watch some great events. Like kids and I got a chance to see this Norwegian guy, for instance, just absolutely rocket on the uh, 400 hurdles. Was that right, Josiah, the 400 hurdles? And we, we walked up the one morning and turned it on, and, and there he was. And, and they're like, watch this guy. This is going to be incredible. And he ran this incredible 400 uh, hurdle race, and he blew his personal record out of the water. He blew the world record out of the water, and he blew the Olympic record out of the water all in one time. And it always amazes me that people can still break these records. It's unbelievable. Like, you'd think we get to some point where we couldn't do it anymore. And I love events like that where you can clearly see a winner, right? Like I love the races where you can see that somebody obviously passed the finish line first. I love the games where it's like, okay, obviously Canada won the gold medal because they got the best score in soccer, right? Woo! And, um, you know, like, I love those type of events. But then there's those other events in the Olympic Games that are a little bit more subjective. And I got to be honest with you guys, I don't really get those. You know, and... I'm sorry if I'm offending anybody here, but, you know, like uh, rhythmic gymnastics, anybody? Uh, trampoline? Uh, synchronized swimming? It's, it's these minute movements that they make that get scores that are subjective from a judge, and then somebody chooses a winner. It kind of seems strange, right? Like there's, there's like this, 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 this thing that's out there, and there's this, this skill, and it's so close together. There's these small little things that to make them different from each other, that make them uh, uh, win or lose, either get silver, uh, you know, bronze, or gold. And so you're watching this, and you're going, okay, well, who, who's actually the winner? It's hard to tell. It's hard to tell. Well, imagine this morning if we had an Olympics. Imagine if we had an Olympics of suffering. Don't worry, there's grace. This is the century that we live in. Did you turn mine off? Is the sound off? Okay, thanks, gorgeous. All right, right on. That'd be embarrassing for me. Imagine if there was an Olympics of suffering. And so you sit three people up here, 
and they get to tell their suffering stories. And you have, uh, you know, you have, who do you have here? You got Betty over here. And Betty has gone through cancer. That's not funny, but it's true. She went through cancer. She's overcome through chemo. Then as soon as she got out of chemo and she was healed, she got into a car accident. And she lost a tooth. Okay, that's suffering over here. Then over here we have little Jimmy. And little Jimmy, little Jimmy cut his finger. Everybody say, aw. Little Jimmy cut his finger, and it hurts. Okay, over here. And then over here, we've got Cowboy Dave. And Cowboy Dave, uh, well, he lost his truck. He lost his house. His wife ran away with his dog. And his horses decided that he didn't like him anymore. <laughs> right? And you've got these three different groups of suffering over here. Who do you give the gold medal to? Right? Right? Like, you know, probably, you know, the way we think about it would be, well, Betty obviously has a really tragic story, so we should give her the gold medal of suffering. And then, you know, this guy's just too cliche. So I, I think I'm going to give him bronze, and we'll give the, 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 the silver medal to little Jimmy, right? How you determine who has suffered the most. Isn't that kind of weird? Like, how, how, would you decipher, how would you decipher that? Would it be fair to hand out medals for the level of people's sufferings? You know, when we read this passage in 1 Peter, I think a lot of times we can look at this and say, I don't know how to relate to it. Peter is writing to a group of churches who are in the dispersion. And what's happening at this time, historically, is these churches are being strongly persecuted. Um, to the point of being thrown into the Colosseum and facing death. Um, Nero was, was famous for using Christians as, as, as torches. They were hiding in the, in the catacombs at the time. Uh, they were being pushed out of their homes and having to flee to different areas, which, by the way, helped the gospel to spread all over the world. But there was great persecution going on. And I think a lot of times when we read this, we can look back and say, I can't really relate to what Peter is talking about. But here's the reality. Every person on the planet will face suffering. And when we talk about levels of suffering, what we often want to do is try and compare our suffering to everybody else's suffering, right? Like my suffering is definitely way worse than your suffering. But there's this thought about that, that suffering actually is relative. Um, Viktor Frankl, I referenced him in one of the earlier sermons, was an Austrian neurologist, uh, psychiatrist, philosopher, author, Holocaust survival survivor, Auschwitz survivor. So this guy knows a thing or two about suffering. And he writes in his, in his, his classic book, uh, A Man's Search for Meaning, he says this, A man's suffering is similar to the behavior of a gas. If a certain quantity of gas is pumped into an empty chamber, it will fill the chamber completely and evenly, no matter how big the chamber. Thus, suffering completely fills the human soul and conscious mind, no matter whether the suffering is great or little. Therefore, the size of human suffering is absolutely relative. Here's the reality. When people experience suffering, it's very real for them. There's not necessarily these different levels of suffering. Well, you can't compare Jimmy's little cut finger to Betty's car accident, right? But when they're going through it, it's real. Here's my big idea today. 
This is what Peter is trying to get at as he's reading this passage. And this is the viewpoint and the lens through which I want you to, to view this next passage of Scripture, our text today, as we go back into it. Peter keeps coming back to over and over and over again that you will suffer. There will be some hard times. But for the followers of Jesus, there is always hope. Do you hear that? So hard times will come. In this world, you will have trials, Jesus says. But have faith because I have overcome the world. And here's the ultimate reality. This is the actual crazy thing. This is what Peter keeps trying to tell these churches as he's writing to them, is that the hope that we have, this hope that we have in Jesus, this hope that we have in eternity, this, this, this eternal hope that God has given us, in reality, is actually greater than the suffering that we face today. That's the crazy idea. Peter says it this way earlier. He says, so be truly glad. Therefore, wonderful joy is ahead, even though you have to endure many trials for a while. So my question for you this morning, church, is are you gripped by hope? Are you gripped by hope? In the face of the things that we face today, the face of a world around us that that suffers, are you gripped by that hope? Because what we have, church, is good news. That there is a God, that he cares for us, that he has come to save us and set us free, that he has come to give us joy invincible, joy inexpressible, and give us hope that will endure. Strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow, right? Blessings all mine and 10,000 beside. Great is thy faithfulness. Come on. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto thee. Amen. Come on. The hope that we have is more real and greater than the suffering. Amen? Amen, amen, amen. So are you gripped by this hope? Remember, Viktor Frankl was the one who said, those who have a why to live can bear almost any how. What is our why? It's Christ in us, the hope of glory. It's God working in us. It's him that is going to carry us through to the end. It's God. He has a plan for us. He has a purpose, and he has joy for us, not only in the future, but church for right now. Amen? Amen. So are you gripped by hope? And here's the question I'm going to ask this morning is, how do you know if you are gripped by hope? And we're going to talk about four things from this passage today, ways that you can know that you are gripped by hope. Okay, here we go. Number one, the first way you can know that you are gripped by hope is how you deal with sin. 
So let's read again, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 1. So then Jesus, since Christ suffered physical pain, you must arm yourself with the same attitude that he had and be ready to suffer too. For if you have suffered physically for Christ, you have finished with sin. Wow. Now, the first time I heard this passage preached on, that I remember at least, I think I was about 19 or 20. I was at Bible school at the time at my intern program that I attended, and the pastor got up and shared this scripture kind of nonchalantly in the midst of some lesson. And I remember hearing this scripture for the first time, and my mind was blown. I was like, it says here, if you suffered physically for Christ, you have finished with sin. Wow. Now, as a young man who wanted to be pure, a young man who sought to live a sinless life, that wanted to serve God with integrity and do with all my heart, I read this in a certain way. And when you read this passage, there's a certain way that you could view this. You could look at it out of context, or you could look at it in context. If you take it out of context, what you see here is that if you want to be free from sin, you simply just need to suffer. And, and honestly, there was a time in my life where I read this passage that way. I thought, okay, well, if I want to be finished with sin, I just need to go through some suffering. I just need to go through some hard times here, and then I'm going to you know, get some freedom from some sin. Um, the, there, there's actually a whole Christian movement that was spawned out of this type of idea. They were called the aesthetics the ascetic monks, and they would go out into the, to the wilderness and they would give up certain foods. Um, they would give up certain pleasures of life so that they could suffer for Jesus to earn their way in, to overcome their sin. There was the natural aesthetics, and then there was also the unnatural aesthetics. And these were ones that would actually physically harm themselves by crawling on their knees for certain lengths of time and, or whip themselves, that sort of thing, to try and overcome their sin. But that's not what Peter's getting at here. I think what Peter's actually getting at here, and this is uh, uh, just a, an interpretation of this. And when you, by the way, when you interpret the scriptures, there's a couple of great rules for that. And one of my favorites is that truth is often found in tension. That truth is the razor's edge between two opposing extremes. That one extreme would be, I need to suffer in order to overcome sin. The other one is that when you give up sin, there may be some suffering that comes. When you give up sin, there may be some suffering that comes. In one of the uh, commentaries I read, it says, Many of us are defeated in our battle against sin because we refuse to sacrifice anything in the battle. We only want victory if it comes easy to us. Jesus called us to have the kind of attitude that would sacrifice in the battle against sin. Now, here's my statement. This is not a call to a masochistic life of embracing pain, but rather embracing the hope of salvation so ardently that you would say, I would rather have Jesus than X, Y, Z, and I will endure anything for him because I found the greater joy. I found the greater hope. I found the thing that leads to life. See, here's the reality. If you take it the first way, which I, which I did when I was a young man, here's the reality, church. If you try to carry your sin, it will crush you. So you need to take that weight off your shoulders right now. And you need to lay it down at the cross and give it to Jesus because he paid the price. He paid the price for our sins. He is the great joy that is before us. I, I love it how it says he, here, um, 
uh, in 1 Peter 4, 2 and 5, it goes on to say this. You won't spend the rest of your life chasing your own desires. Why? Because there's a greater desire. There's a greater hope. Are you gripped by it? But you will be anxious to do the will of God. You will have had enough in the past of evil things that godless people enjoy. Their immorality and lust, their feasting and drunkenness and wild parties and their terrible worship of idols. Of course, your former friends are surprised when you no longer plunge into the flood of wild and destructive things they do, so they slander you. But remember that they will have to face God, who will judge everyone, both the living and the dead. So here's the question for this this morning. In context, are you willing to stand out for a moral stance? Are you willing to look different than the world around you? Because you are gripped by hope. Because you are gripped by Jesus, who paid the price for our sins. A political pressures, as political pressures mount, and if Canada continues to drift away from the Christian foundation it was founded on, we can expect the difference between the church and the secular world to widen and become more apparent. But we need to stay true to the word of God, and we need to be gripped by the hope that we have in him. See, it's that attitude that says, I'd rather have Jesus. Because he's the greater joy. I'd rather have him. There's more I could say about that, but I think that's all we need today. Just in, in light of the fact that we're reading through this, I'm going to keep reading. First Peter 4, 5, and 6 says, But remember that they will have to face God, who will judge both the living and the dead. That is why the good news was preached to those who are now dead, so that they were destined to die like all people. They now live forever in God in the Spirit. Just, just to explain that a little bit, um, Pastor Mike talked about last week about preaching to the spirits in prison um, and brought that idea up. This is not, I believe, referring to that. I think this is actually talking about the gospel was preached to people that gave up their lives for their faith. And now, they're, now they have a greater joy in heaven. That was what he was talking about here, I believe. Okay, moving on. You guys with me? We okay? Okay, we got three more. Let's do this. Number two, how you pray. So first of all, is how you deal with sin. How do you deal with sin? Just to be clear, we lay it at the feet of Jesus. We say, I'd rather have you than, I, than, than, than my sin. I'd rather have you. I'd rather have Jesus. We say, I, I don't want any sin anymore. Come on, it's, it's that David attitude. that says, God, search my heart and know my anxiety. See my eager desire to do your will. That's that attitude because we're gripped by hope. Does that make sense? Are you with me? Was I clear about that? Don't carry it. It'll crush you. Okay, good. Number two, how you pray. First Peter 4, 7. The end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. The end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Isn't it interesting that Peter is writing that the end of the world is coming soon? Does that stand out to anybody? And this was written 2,000 years ago, right? The end of the world is coming soon. So you could look at this in a couple different ways. You could go, well, obviously he was wrong because we're still here. Or you could look at it this way. Jesus says in Matthew 24, 36, however, no one knows the day or the hour when these things will happen. Not even the angels in heaven or the son of man himself, only the father knows. So, so Peter here is saying the end of the world is coming soon. And guess what? He's right because we don't know when Jesus is going to return. I know there's lots of people even today that are trying to fit our modern experiences the COVID virus and some of the other things that are surrounding it into an 
eschatology, a study of end times, into an idea about end times, and say that this is obviously the end times. And when they say that last statement, guess what? They're right. Just as Peter was right 2,000 years ago. We need to live each day as if Jesus could come back tomorrow. We need to live each day in light of eternity. That's not a threat. That's a hope. That's something to be excited about and recognize that Jesus could come back at any time. The end of the world is here. Now, what do we do with that? Run around and lose our minds. (laughs) The end is near. What do we need to do with that? Here's what he says. No, be disciplined in prayer. Man, be disciplined in prayer. Can I just tell you, sometimes your warfare is to choose to pray when you want to worry. This is called being gripped by hope, people. To choose to pray when you want to worry. I had an experience like that this week. Uh, I went through a really rough week here. Uh, and was dealing with some things where I felt like I'd, you know, uh, made some errors or mistakes, and I was just, I was really beating myself up, and I was having a really tough time this week. And I got up one morning, I think it was like 6.30 in the morning, and um, woke up and uh, was just kind of like, oh, playing through everything in my mind. And I ran downstairs to Tanya, and she, because Tanya always gets up before me. There's a little insight into our marriage. Um, and my beautiful wife was downstairs on the couch with a cup of coffee in her Bible, and I walked down there, and, and um, I was like, hey, babe. And she's like, what are you doing up? I'm like, I'm going to take the dog out. She's like, no, you're not. <laughs> she's like, what's going on? And I told her, this is what I'm struggling with this week. And she goes, Matt, you need to go pray. By the way, the voice of the Holy Spirit, a.k.a. my wife. <laughs> you need to go pray. And, you know, she's right. And so she said, go upstairs. Get on your chair. I've got a chair up there and go pray. And that was warfare. See, I wanted to worry. I wanted to try and fit it all into my little package. I wanted to to try and figure this thing out. But what I needed to do was go and give it back to the Lord. Just being really honest and really practical with you. Um, 1 Timothy 2.1, I urge you, first of all, pray for all people. Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf and give thanks to them. James 5.13, are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Sometimes our warfare is to choose to pray when we would rather worry. Are you gripped by hope? How we deal with sin, we lay it at the feet of Jesus. How we pray, we choose to pray when we want to worry. That's warfare. That's very, very real. Okay, number three. We're almost done here, guys. You with me? Very, very quiet today. Okay, number three, how you love others. First Peter 4, verse 8, most important of all. Most important of all. That must be important. Continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sin. Are you gripped by hope? Have you laid your sin at the feet of Jesus and relied on him for your salvation? Have you chosen to pray? when you should feel like you should worry and figure things out? And have you learned to love others 
Have you learned to love others? Here's what happens is when you face your sin and you go against that and you, 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 you lay that at the feet of Jesus, then you recognize that you've been forgiven and you've been set free. He became sin that you might become the righteousness of God in him. And that gives you the impetus and the ability to love others who you might not normally be able to love. This type of love is the direct result of experiencing his love. 1 John 4.19, we love because he first loved us. Colossians 3, 12 through 13, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. How do you know if you're gripped by hope? You love openly. You're ready to forgive You love in a way that is counterintuitive to the world around us. Luke 11 forces, and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us, and don't let us yield to temptation. Come on. You can be gracious when you recognize how gracious God has been to you. Are you gripped by hope? Are you gripped by hope? Number four. Last one, guys. How you use your gifts. 1 Peter 4, 9 through 11. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. God has given each of you a gift from this great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever. Amen. Now, when we are gripped by this hope... We will recognize that every good gift comes from him. Look, the fact that I stand up here today and preach to you is not God's endorsement of my righteousness or how awesome I am. But it is a sign of the grace of God working in me. Let this be a testimony to you today. And let your life be a testimony to others around you. Now, what does this look like practically? You're a teacher, but you're using your gift for the glory of God. So you hold yourself to a higher standard. You're in construction, but you do things with integrity and honesty because you're doing as an act of worship as unto the Lord. You work in retail and you take the time to smile at the the person that's coming through that's obviously uh, downcast and depressed and you give them a moment to look them in the eye and just love on them because you're doing it to the glory of God. How do you know if you're gripped by hope? Because your life reflects his glory. Every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights, in whom there is no shadow or turning, says the book of James. Colossians 3.23, work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. How do you know that you're gripped by hope? First of all, you know it by the way that you encounter sin and you deal with sin. God, I don't want it. I'm going to lay it at your feet. I'm going to put it before you, Lord, and I'm going to say, God, I repent of my sin, and I turn to you. I say, God, change me from the inside. How do you know? How do you know that you're gripped 
by hope, by how you pray. I don't feel like it right now. I'm worried. I, I don't know how to fit all this together. How do we fit all the stuff that's happening in the world around us into the situation and into the end times and all this other stuff? Ah, pray. Pray. How do you know that you're gripped by hope, by the way that you love others? Supernatural. I don't feel this kind of love, but I know I can love because he first loved us. Come on, there's hope. There's hope. How do you know that you're gripped by hope? Because you will use your gifts and talents for his glory. Guys, there's so much freedom in that. There's so much release when it's not on you. When it's not about what you can do and your great skills. And, and no, no, no. It's all about him. It's all about his glory. Let him be glorified in us. Amen. I'm going to have Tanya come up. Big idea. Every person on the planet will experience suffering. But for followers of Jesus, there is always hope. There is always hope. Amen. Amen. Just as a sign of response to that this morning, I just thought it'd be good for us to spend a few moments responding in worship to the Lord this morning. Um, actually, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. If, if you're here this morning, actually, could we just get everybody just to close your eyes for a moment and bow your heads? I believe the Holy Spirit is here this morning to do something unique. And, um, Maybe you're here this morning and you've been feeling like you've just been going through it. You've been experiencing um, suffering in your life. And you say, Matt, right now I just don't feel that hope. And I'm just not feeling that inside of me right now. And, and I, just, I, I just need some help. I just need some prayer this morning. I want to give you an opportunity just to respond this morning. And we're going to pray for you. And we're going to believe that God is going to meet you right where you are this morning. If you're online and you're watching this this morning, you can reach out to the uh, prayer team. You can email office at lifechurchwr.com. And we have a prayer person standing by to pray with you. Um, or you can even write it on the chat if you, if you need prayer this morning. But if you're here in the room today and you just need some prayer this morning, you say, Matt, I've been experiencing this, and I just, I need that sense of hope restored in my life. Wherever you are right now, with eyes closed, nobody's looking around, just put your hand up, wherever you are. I see those hands. Yeah, hands all over the place. Yeah. Oh, he's here to meet with you. Yes, he is. We're just going to pray right now. Jesus, we just pray for your Holy Spirit to come. Fill this room, Lord God. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come and do a healing work in each heart. Father, we pray that you would grip us with your hope. God, as we're feeling overwhelmed, as there's suffering going on, Lord Jesus, inside, 
all the hidden places, Lord God. Come and fill them up, Lord Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Fill the room, fill the room. Fill the room, fill the room. Holy Spirit, Holy personal prayer. I just want to invite you up after the service. I'm going to be up here. Pastor Mike will be here and, and we would love to just pray with you uh, individually for your particular circumstance, situation. Um, and so we're just here for you. I'm sorry. And one more thing, you guys. If you're here this morning and you say, Matt, I've never known that help. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That each one of us has fallen short of his glory and none of us can reach it. And if you try to carry the weight of your sin, you will be crushed. The Bible says that sin separates us from him. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. And I'm just declaring it over you this morning. There is a God and he does care and he is here to meet with you and he's calling you this morning to come and follow after him and if you would say Matt I need to give my life to something greater than myself I need to know this hope that is outside of myself and I want to give my heart to Jesus this morning again let's just close our eyes for just a moment church if you're here and you've never invited Jesus into your heart or this morning you want to make a recommitment to him I'd ask you right now just to put your hand up wherever you are. Is there anybody here today? I want to recommit my life to Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, I preached a message just for you. Jesus. Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand together. Be lifted up. Be lifted up. Be lifted higher. Be lifted up. Be lifted higher. Oh, be lifted up. Oh, be lifted up, 
dizer 